considered it a true uh, vision, ru'ya, and because of that he said we should really reject uh, the, the Israeli tradition that the uh, Bani Adam had only been there 7,000 years because there was no evidence from the hadith to indicate that. The evidence would indicate that human beings have been here m for a much longer period of time. So, having said that, one of the interesting things that I find in our present time is the, the lack of concern of many Muslims with the uh, last hour, with the actual signs of the end of time. Now I find it fascinating that this has been a major concern of ulama for over a thousand years. And it was a concern of the Sahaba. There were Sahaba that were so worried that the Dajjal would appear during their own lifetime. One of them said, I used to ask the Prophet ﷺ so much about the Dajjal out of fear that I would be taken into his uh, sedition, into his fitna, into his seduction, because fitna is also means seduction, that finally the Prophet ﷺ said, don't worry, you won't see him. And he just gave him ease. And the Prophet in a hadith said, if he shows up and I'm amongst you, that I will defeat him by argumentation. In other words, I will defeat him with clear proofs. Because he will fool people through this false doctrine, this false teaching, in which he gets many people to follow him. Now, it's also interesting that we literally end our prayer by saying, and uh, certainly I know in the... Uh, the uh, school of Imam Malik the last thing that the person says before they ta say taslima, which is the khuruj min as-sarah, leaving the prayers, وَأَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنْ فِتْنَةِ مَسِيحَ الدَّجَّالِ That is literally how an individual leaves his prayer. That is the last word before he says, As-salamu alaykum, and I seek refuge from the fitna of the false or the imposter messiah. Now, I would just like to use an example of the importance of these signs. The most famous tradition, which is a summation of the deen of Islam, is the tradition that's related in uh, several collections, and it's a sahih hadith, and it's in Imam uh, An-Nawawi's Arba'een. In fact, it's the second hadith that Ibn Umar relates, in which he says, We were sitting with the Messenger of Allah on that specific day, and then he said, a man appeared, rajulun. a man appeared, and he mentions that he had dark black hair, and he had a clear white uh, robe, and there was no evidence of traveling, which is a very interesting point, because it would be clear in that time. Medina was an extremely small city, and to get to that city, you would have to traverse a desert, and by traversing the desert, you would become disheveled. This is the nature of traveling in the desert. And anybody who's traveled, especially uh, on camel or even walking in the desert, and, and I've done both of them, you get extremely dirty. And you're called Ash'ath Aghbar. You're covered and disheveled. And yet this man showed no signs of journeying, and this was a, something that the Sahaba found very strange. And, but they didn't question. And he came up to the Prophet ﷺ, and he put his two knees to his two knees, and then he put his hands there's two different opinions, either on his thighs or on the thighs of the Prophet وسلم, uh, From Balagh, it would be on the sides of the Prophet. Uh, some say that it was on the sides, his own thighs. But the point is, he sat extremely close to the Prophet, and then he asked him, 
about Islam, which was the first thing. And the Prophet ﷺ informed him and he said, Sadaqta. And the Sahaba said, Ajibna lahu. We were amazed. Here's a man who has the audacity to ask the Prophet a question and then he tells him that he was correct in his answer. So they were shocked by this uh, statement. And then he asked him about uh, Iman and the Prophet gave the six uh, articles of faith uh, and the five pillars of Islam, six articles of faith. And then he asked him about Ihsan. Now most Muslims, if you ask them what is the summation of the deen of Islam, they would tend to say Iman, uh, Islam, Iman, and Ihsan. And they take it from that hadith. But there's another portion of that hadith. And then he said, فَأَخْبِرْنِي عَنَ السَّعَةِ Tell me about the sa'a. Now that is extremely important because generally although the sa'a and the sciences of the last hour are what's called in aqidah al-ghaybiyat or al-sam'iyat. And they're usually studied under the section which would be categorized under the rubric of iman. But despite that, in this hadith, we see that he asked specifically about the signs of the last hour. And the Prophet gave an extraordinary answer. He said, The one being questioned about it doesn't know any more than the one asking the question. And then he said, so tell me about the signs. Tell me about the alamat. Tell me what is going to happen. And then the Prophet ﷺ gives an extraordinary explanation. He said, You will see the servant, the maidservant, give birth to her mistress. And in a riwayah uh, that she taridu rabbaha, her master. The, the stronger one is her mistress. Now, there are one thing that has to be understood when we look at the hadith is the Prophet ﷺ said, Utitu jawami al-kilim. I was given the comprehensive words. In other words, he will say a very short statement, ﷺ, like Adinu nasiha. And with that one simple statement made up of two words only, books can be written. Entire books can be written because of the gradations and variations of meaning. So the Messenger of Allah spoke, although he spoke in clear Arabic tongue, which could be understood at many levels. And this is why the simplest of the Sahaba understood clearly what the Prophet was saying, and the most sophisticated of the Sahaba understood clearly what the Prophet was saying, and their understandings were not the same. The understanding of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq is not the understanding of the other Sahaba. And that's confirmed in more than one hadith. So there were different understandings. It does not negate the fact that one person understood one thing and another person understood another thing does not in any way negate that one is right and the other is wrong. The Prophet by the nature and the depth of his words, there are multiple meanings. And this is why in the famous hadith about Salat al-Asr of Bani Quraidah, which is related in Sahih al-Bukhari, he said, لا يصلينا أحدكم إلا عند Bani Quraidah. It was understood two ways by the Sahaba, and both of them were accepted by the Prophet ﷺ. And this is the nature of prophetic revelation. This is the nature of prophetic tradition. There are many, many ways of understanding the same thing, but they must be within the rightly guided boundaries of 
the people who know and that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says فَسَرُوا أَهْلَ ذِكْرٍ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Ask the people who know if you don't know. The people of dhikr, the people of tadabbur, the people of tafakkur. So having said that, I just want to make it clear that what we want to do, all of us, is to reflect deeply. Not to be people uh, that uh, simplistically take things without reflecting on them. They take them at face value. You want to be people of ulil albab. The Muslim is, should be somebody of lub. And somebody of lub is you go past the qishra. You go past the outward shell, which is important. And we should not belittle in any way the outward uh, meanings of Islam. We're not bataniya. We're not people of of bataniya like esotericists who turn Islam into some kind of esoteric tradition. But in this hadith he said that you will see the maidservant give birth to her mistress. Now if you look at the most outward meaning, it's been interpreted different ways. And it was interpreted by Iz ibn Abdul Salam and others as meaning that there would be great social confusion. In other words, the natural order would be turned upside down. Because in the natural order of things, you would find that the amma, who is the servant, will obey the mistress and do what the mistress tells her. This is the natural order of things. And that is the first and primary meaning. So when the mistress now is being commanded by the servant, it means things have been turned upside down. And this is a sign that the social order goes into chaos. Now one of the interesting signs of this hadith is that the, the, uh, the ulama traditionally said that children would become rebellious against their parents, which is a sign of the end of time. The Prophet ﷺ said that the children would command their parents that, uh, that children would have no fear, no respect, no reverence towards their parents. And this is an extremely dangerous sign. And you will see this now. That, and also the Prophet ﷺ said, The child will not inherit the father. And one of the meanings of that, Wallahu ta'ala a'lam, is the inheritance of the anbiya. Because the inheritance of the anbiya is knowledge. And what happens is that the children will not take the knowledge. And this is why you see, particularly in this age, many of the greatest ulama whose children ha didn't take any of their knowledge. And they literally have no knowledge of their fathers who were scholars. And they are ignorant. And the fathers are in a state of uh, despair about it. How could that be?